Season 5, Episode 22 of the Decoded Podcast. Chris, how's it going? Uh, good, Roland. Go good. Can I leap in first, just with a a thing? I want to say no, just okay. to see your reaction. But that, okay. that's... <laughs> this is the okay. risk, eh? This is yeah. This is the risk of not having anything scheduled. Um, this is equal, no, dude. The, it's the, never. There's never an issue with us not having I, anything scheduled. Come on. I know. It's well. This is the. This is the, this is the democracy of our, of our two vote system. <laughs> One counters the other. We could just do dead air for twenty minutes. This is the extra special dead air issue. <clears throat> this is your twenty minutes of your moment of mindfulness. We're just gonna sit looking at our microphones for 20 minutes and then sign off. See well, who stays I don't want to just us. stare at my microphone because this is what it's going to look like if I do that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, here and there, we could just drop something in. That's true. Um, I, I do want you to go first. Do you? Okay. I do want you to go first, but I do. And I want to say that, remember, last week, Ramona was our big winner. Yes. For participation. Uh, maybe we'll have one again this week. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Go mm. for it. What do you got for us this weekend? Um, fish and chips. Fish and that chips. could be the title of this episode. So I'm tartar, that, tartar oh, sauce, yeah, missing tartar sauce, missing tartar sauce. You had one job, tartar sauce. Tell um, us about the fish and chips. Uh, you know, um, I guess it's the sour grapes kind of a story. You know what you should do? Go to your local favorite to get the fish and chips you're looking for. You get it in your head. Maybe it's worthwhile to try a different place. You heard a couple things, some people's experience, yada, 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 popular social media influencer, blah, blah, blah. So I go and try a different fish and chips place. And, you know, it, I, I get home, get home. It's fine. And it's fine. The experience purchase was fine. I mean, standard fare. Everyone's kind of distanced. Uber drivers are there to pick up their stuff. A few people uh, sitting, having some food. Place smells like fryer. So it's all good, right? Indicators, brightly lit, simple, simple uh, um, menu, pretty quick service. Called it in. They said it's going to be ready in 15 minutes. It was ready in 15 minutes, which is perfect because that was the amount of time it took me to drive there. 15 minutes, perfect, perfect time, right? You call it, I drive, I get it, I drive home. Back home in 20, 25 minutes. Um, and then I get home, start unpacking the stuff. You got that cool smell of the fried foods all kind of popping out of the bag because it's in that craft paper, right? That kind of classic packed in craft paper, stapled top. Put the bag on the table. Start to unpack it. Slaw, fries, ordered onion rings, get those out. Haddock. We're a haddock family, not a halibut. Haddock's got contentious issue, folks, but I'm betching haddock's got better flavor than halibut, so... Halibut's just like, it's kind of like the difference between getting filet mignon, I think, and like a New York strip loin, right? It, price point or price flex is similar. Like you're going to pay more for filet than you would for strip loin, but strip loin's got a little bit of fattiness to it, right? The marbling's different. I think a strip loin has better flavor. Truth be told, give me a rib steak every time, hands down. But I digress. So get the stuff all unpacked. Like, okay. There's the cider vinegar or like the malt vinegar, a bunch of those packs, no tartar sauce. And this is, this could very quickly just fall into an episode of Seinfeld, 
where's the tartar? Like, just like, you know, how can it be fish and chips if it's not no tartar sauce? Um, there's no tartar sauce. There's a there's an audible gasp from the family. <gasps> right? Disappointment sets in. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'll make some. No problem. So I, I whip up some. I was just about to ask you if you whipped up. I some, did. But anyway, okay. I fixed it. But the same, you know, when I, you know, there was this conversation. Do we call? Do we tell them? Do we mention? And I'm like, you know what? The tartar sauce was just the gateway problem. Because mm. then we're eating it. You know, the thing that, and I kind of mentioned this to you before, you know, when you pack up fried foods, you got to make sure you got vents on the containers. Like you can't close, you don't want to completely enclose something that's fried in an airtight container because the steam wets the, the batter. And then it's like we're eating sort of like fish flavored donuts, which, you know what, I will say their flavor profile was excellent. Like the flavors there were good. But fried foods have to crack on texture too, right? You need the crispiness. You got to have the crispiness. So yeah, the whole fresh cut fries were good. I like fresh cut fries, eh? When you open up the thing and like the fries are kind of like all different colors. Because you know, like they kind of cook at slightly different rates. There's still some skin on some. They taste different, right? I like that. Onion rings, flavor was good. But you take a bite out of it. The crisp disappears really quick. And then you get that battery paste. Right, like eat paste, um, and the fish. Again, they packed it too tight, so the tartar sauce was just the beginning of the issue. Um, so you know, the conversation is like, well, should we call? I'm like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive. I'm not gonna drive over and get more. I got the mad skills. I'll make some. So I made, I had the ingredients to do it in the in the uh, um, in the fridge. And for me, it's just like I won't go back. It's not worth it. I'll go. There's a place that's closer. A little less clean, a little less kind of posh. Look, I paid about 10 bucks more than what I would normally pay for fish and chips. Fish and chips. There's a place downtown Newmarket called uh, Chip and Malt. You come back, we'll go there. They have a they have a decent fish and chip, but you're it's you know, you're paying 20 bucks for a plate of fish and chips, like one person, right? Um it's all done, it's all done there. You know, they're the beer and their beer batter is made locally, the I don't know, the flour sourced from Aurora. Like, it's all kind of local stuff. It's good. Good flavors, but you pay more, right? Um, so the place I go to is more like, kind of like a mom and mom and pop. There's just a pop there. Um, and it's just like, in. it goes in and out fast all day long. It's a cheaper cut. You get halibut, but like the piece of halibut sort of like about as thick as a pencil. It's like a, sh a shingle. <laughs> but you get a few of them in the, you get a few of them in the, in the box. And the batter's super crispy always. You know why? He puts holes in the boxes. Right. Stuff vents, right? Yeah. Simple science. Simple science for takeout. So there's that's my simple there's science for takeout. The simple science for takeout. So yeah. Um my tartar sauce probably like it, it, you know, it's fine. In the same way, I could probably make a fish and chips that my family loved more than us going out. But you know, when you're taking that night off, you want all the stuff there. The accoutrement. You want it all there. And I got it should it. have been. And who who drops in cider vinegar or malt vinegar or whatever and not tartar sauce? They obviously had, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we... I'll put this into oversight. I'll take this in the end as oversight, um, but I'm not going to forgive them. I won't go back. Got it. And I do think it's a big deal. One chance. One chance. It's a, it's a big, well, the tartar sauce? Come on. Mm -hmm. Fish and chips. That's like, you don't. 
I can't imagine what happened for you to not get the tartar sauce with your fish and chips because it's part of the trinity, right? You got the fish, you got the chips, you got the tartar sauce. Yeah. Like that is what they do. So I'm, I feel bad for you. Um, I feel bad for you because that sucks. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, okay. There are some places I go to uh, where I order, like I order dinner for the family and I literally don't leave until I open the bags and look to see if everything's in there because I've yeah. lost complete trust. I don't even want to go back, but the family really likes the food. I'm not going to tell the place, but um, you know, they're like, let's get this tonight. I'm like, I hate going there. And they're like, why? Cause they always mess up our order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I look like a doofus opening the bags and complaining, but here I am paying like 60 bucks and I'm the one who feels bad. It's horrible. I hate the feeling. So I totally get I totally get where you're coming from. I would love to let's let's lay something good on top of this uh okay. garbage sandwich. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about how you and I were communicating last night mm. as you mm-hmm. were going to get your fish and chips and or when you were driving home because I think that was there was some fun going on there with you and I communicating. And I, I'd love to talk a little bit about that. So it's, it's, we've, we've mentioned it. I feel like this has kind of popped up in, in different ways in the past. Um, I think the, one of the things that you and I got used to really quickly in um, sort of navigating our, our long distance friendship was that conversations don't have to be encapsulated in in one space like they they don't have to just be kind of like on one one platform or one space um and it's it's funny tell me if you ever had this moment like where you sort of see me post something and you say to yourself like you almost start to like sort of respond to it you're like "Ah, i don't need to i've been talking to the guy all day I'm just going to let that ride. Like you just kind of read it and sort of move on almost like as if you imagine being in a workplace and you sort of see one of your buddies across the hall and you just kind of do this. You're just like another person like what's up. And then you kind of go get your stuff done. And then maybe you meet up later for coffee. Like you don't always have to be in the same conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I like the, um, I like, sort of communicating that way because there's different tools that seem to be different carrier waves for certain conversations. Like our, our right now it feels like the most stable platform is Polo, Marco Polo and just kind of dropping how's the day going kind of stuff. Like the daily, just kind of the daily news. And then everything else is sort of like accented to that. So maybe texting, maybe sending an audio message, um sometimes dropping something on you know a a dm on some platform i like the richness of it and i like that at the heart of it is pursuing the conversation and that both of us have you know the capability the privilege the tools the time to kind of explore those places and just kind of keep the conversation going um and I, I like also how the different tools express different elements of our personality. Like we, we, we can sort of maybe start a conversation in texting, but then it jumps over to Polo and then it's like, okay, it's not on Polo anymore. We're sending an audio back and forth. And then maybe that conversation pops up in our, 
our podcast at the end of the week. So it just, it kind of reinforces just like this multimodal uh, way that you and I have gotten used to communicating. Um, if I were to make it, I'll, I'll drop one sort of like thing on the end of this. It's the, um, I feel like it's always about where the sender wants to put the information. So even if a conversation is started by somebody, so wherever you start it, there's no assurance necessarily that the responders going to stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. And I shared with you as I was driving yesterday, when you dropped that message, where I was sort of going to get the fish and chips. And I thought to myself, I wonder if the guy's going to post something over on Polo and just kind of wait. And, and so I'm like, I got to go check. Maybe he'll post something there. Like I had a moment of fracturing. Even though we were sort of talking via text, mm -hmm. I thought it'd be hilarious if you like posted over there and like 20 minutes from now, as I'm wondering why didn't he respond and I'm walking back to the car, I'm like that son of a gun. He posted over on Polo a response to my, my question or my statement via text. And I like that. It made it a little bit like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> there was a funny element. You, you gamified our conversation for a second. So uh, I like it. I like the, uh, I like the flow. I like that we were just able to use what we basically were communicating with each other using what would work on our end. So it started with you on Polo. Then I responded to you via text. Mm -hmm. And then you responded orally via audio. Audio reply, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was just a moment of, uh, wow, this is cool. This is cool. Like we are communicating. We're not even communicating using the same tool, but we're communicating. It had a universal translator kind of a feel to it. <laughs> like basically the message was getting across. Your message yeah. was getting to me. My message was getting to you. Again, and the it, conversation carried, right? right. The conversation some, made it. If an outsider was looking in, they'd be like, what is going on Where'd they go? Here? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd they go? It's like, oh, they just kind of moved over to another platform for a second. Oh, they're back. They're back. Okay. Imagine if we did that with our podcast. If we just played around with it like that, I guess. It's the yeah, it's the decoded <clears throat> scavenger hunt. They got to try and find us. Where are they posting from today? Well, this is, reminds me that I want to talk to you more about Twitter spaces. Okay. Because I think we should do something sooner rather than later. Okay. <clears throat> using that tool. Mm -hmm. um, I've been enjoying it a lot lately. And it could be like... Um, you know how the one time we did our decoded episode 12.5 where we were gaming, but we recorded it. <clears throat> I think uh, we should do something like that with Twitter spaces, the decoded okay. podcast where people actually come in and we have a topic planned and we talk about the topic and go from there. Let's do it next week. Do we want to do it instead of this or do we want to do a point five? You got know what I'm saying? Like, do you still want to do what we traditionally do on Saturday mornings? And then sometime between Saturday mornings, we do the Twitter space? I say we do spaces instead. And then just, because can we, the thing to find out that would be good would be whether or not we can grab the audio and then post the audio up afterwards. That's a good question. You know what I mean? Because I think you can record them. I think I've seen people say they record them. You can record them for sure. You can record them. So if we can, even if we can't, even if we can't, 
No, we got to be able to record them because I think I've seen people have like they have actually recorded the thing. So I think it's just a matter of kind of figuring that out a little bit. What do you think? I'm open. Okay. Yeah, me too. I'm 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 good with uh, with uh, giving it a shot. Um, yeah. That's cool. So um, would we sort of try and would we do anything to kind of advertise for it? Or we would just drop it? Just, well, I guess we're kind of, I guess if anybody's listening, we're kind of advertising it now. Kind of a little bit. Well, I think we, I think if we've got a, um, a topic, a broad topic, we should advertise it. Okay. That's what I think. And I wonder what kind of people we'll get. Because I sometimes I jump into spaces like they're advertised on the on my phone at the top of the app, and I'll just jump in to listen. It'll mm-hmm. be a topic I know nothing about or I have no business in that room. And I just look around and I wonder, who are these people? And do they actually, are they like me? Are they just floating in and out? Or do they know what they're talking about? Like, it's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's give it a try next week and see see what happens. Okay, cool. Season six, all on Twitter spaces. So no oh, video then. That'll no. be a little bit. That'll be different, eh? No video for our feed. That that's making me sad already. But... People that were getting used to seeing our happy faces on Saturday morning. But you know what's interesting? You know when we go now. I'm not saying we have to do this, but when we go on vacations and stuff, and we don't mm-hmm. have access to the audio video like we have here, maybe at those times too, if we want to continue doing decoded, it could be a space because mm-hmm. I could always sit on a beach. With my phone and just talk you know what i mean yep, i do imagine though if i was on the beach with my laptop and uh a nice mic and an external camera just doing a podcast from a beach as i'm sitting in my chair and my family's just doing their beach thing that would be funny but i'm not usually at the beach at 8 30 in the morning on a saturday i'm just not here mm-hmm. that would be funny if we did a beach episode we can. I'm again. I'm. I'm up for. Um, I'm up for for giving anything. Yeah, I'm up for giving anything a, a try, just to see how it kind of floats. I'm not. Uh, it's just another way to kind of go see if see if people are willing to go kind of portable with our conversations, right? You know what? I think people will jump in. They just won't be the people. I'm finding. And again, I know I don't do not I do not know much about these Twitter spaces, but I'm finding that people just jump in. They don't know what it is. They're not sure what's going on. Like I walk into these rooms, mm-hmm. and there's like a I've never gone into a Twitter space with like only three people in it. There's always a lot of people. I think it's the curiosity. It's um you know, looking to maybe engage in conversation around certain things. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It just seems weird. So if we only had three people in the room, I'd be I'd be surprised in that I've never gone into a room with three people type of thing. That's all I'm saying. It it it's got me thinking about like uh Ed Camps. Mm, Ed Camps, right? yeah. How Ed Camps kind of roll and you can 
you know, you can you can just kind of walk up to a group and join their conversation, and you know, there's people there that, you know, there's people in the that group that are all familiar. You know, it. You can tell by their body language. You, can, you know, they laugh quick at each other's stuff, and then you can tell the people that are like the little bit of the outliers. They're not quite. They're not a part of the group. They just thought they would come and check it out too, um, and then. Yeah, I, I kind of I like I like this. I like this idea. I think yeah, I think the Ed Camp style would be would be useful. I'm actually surprised. I, I'm probably giving away the giving away the secret sauce here. I'm actually surprised that Ed Camps haven't shifted into something like that. Just that easy access. Come on out, come on out and check out. You know this conversation. Everyone in the pool, you're welcome. Welcome to come in. Like seriously, does it not seem kind of strange that? Ed Camp, like, cause it, it, like, it really does remind me of like an Ed Camp. <laughs> the topics are there. You can just jump into the room, leave the room. So I don't know, um, but I'm down for it. Whatever comes of it, dude. Let's let's give it a let's give it a try next week. And even if we can't, even if we can't, you know, record it if we don't get any feed off of it, I think I'm okay with that too. It's one less episode that I get to mess around with and uh, and post the blog, which if we're done talking about this uh, Twitter spaces thing, I'd like to tell you that I, I don't know how I survived last weekend. Um, I was behind like 15 episodes or something ridiculous. Um, and I got it all done. But you know what? I never heard from Shref. Has Shreff I, off I haven't heard from him in ages. Okay. Um, he, I think he's an administrator now, eh? I believe he is, and I know he was doing, doing some stuff like with uh, like carpentry, like uh, working with wood and stuff too. He started like a, a video channel about that stuff. Like I know he was into other things. He was moving in a different direction, which is totally cool. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh, the last time he posted on Twitter was February the 25th, yesterday, his Wordle. So he's out there. He's out there, but he's not responding to me. Hmm. I wonder what's going hmm. on with Shreff. He was doing stuff with, what's that dude's name? Uh, Mike. Mike? Yeah, Mike, but I don't remember the last name. With the On on Education podcast. Uh, Mike Washburn. Yeah, Mike Washburn. Yeah, they were they were doing something. They were doing something. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what uh, what Shreff up to. What Shreff up to? Um. So, I'm good. Okay. So, are we done? We're done with the Twitter Spaces. We'll give it a shot. Market it. See what happens. Sure. Okay. Um. You want to talk a little bit about? The positive feedback, the good feel stuff, is that a shareable thing? I think it is. The thing that happened uh, to me yesterday? Yeah. Awesome. I'm happy I'm happy to selfishly talk about being told that I made a positive difference in somebody's life. Do it. Lead us. Lead us. So, as a teacher, I know many teachers who have had students connect with them via email or 
come back and visit the school and say positive things about their experience in that teacher's class. I've never been one to have that happen to me the same way that it happens to other people. And at first it kind of made me sad, but it doesn't make me sad anymore because it's not, it's not the main focus of the work that I do that I have people do that to me, but I've also grown as a person, right? I've, uh, I've grown more mature. I think some people would disagree. I, I've grown more mature in my, uh, my approach and my thinking around the work that I do and who I am and what I'm about. So I'm more secure with myself. And yesterday I was at a high school, local high school, and I was there to do my work as re-engagement teacher, but I was also invited to stay and, um, and listen to a, a panel of speakers talk about equity, diversity, inclusion um, to end Black History Month at this school. It was like their kind of their culminating activity to bring it to a close. And um, it was in the cafeteria. I was telling you this before the podcast. It was pretty funny that, so I come into the cafeteria and I sit down and these kids and classes were invited, certain classes were invited to come in and be part of the audience. And so kids are walking in, they're kind of looking at me like, who's this dude? Like he's sitting where we want to sit kind of thing. But anyway, and this one student was, was eyeballing me the whole time. And I'm kind of like, who is this kid and why is she staring at me? And I kind of recognized the kid, but I kind of didn't. And I'll explain why in a minute. And everybody's wearing a mask, right? So you're not really sure mm -hmm. if you know that person or not. So the kid, the kid sits down and I don't see them anymore and I'm just doing my thing. And then after, after the panel, it was over, the kids were going back to class. This student came up to me and said, Mr. C, is it you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And I hold up like my badge where I'm not wearing a mask and my name's on it. I'm like, yeah, it's me. She goes, do you remember me? She goes, she was like asking a lot of questions really quick. She's like, do you remember me? Did you teach in Cambridge? Where'd you teach in Cambridge? I'm like, yes, I remember you. I taught you at such and such school. She's like, oh my God, I, when I saw you, I knew it was you and I texted my mom. I said, I think Mr. C's here. I'm going to check after the presentation. And in the presentation, the three panelists had talked about, at one point or another, they talked about a teacher who made a positive difference in their life. And one of the speakers in particular talked about a teacher that he remembered to this day and what that teacher did for him and how that teacher helped him and why he remembers that teacher to this day as like a, an important person in his life. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, she's like, you're that teacher for me. And I was like, what? She goes, the teachers that they're talking about, you're that teacher for me. You always have been. And I'm like, I taught you in grade one. And she goes, yeah, I'm in grade 12 now. And I said, how do you, how you've had, because here's the thing I didn't tell you in the on-ramp. I always joke with kids. When kids say to me, you're the best, Mr. C, I love being in your class. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. But you're going to have about 10 more of those teachers, right? Like, I'm the first one that maybe you're saying is the best, or I'm the third one, but you're going to have more of those. So thanks for letting me know. It's just a moment in time. It's good. I'm glad that we're good, but you're going to have, you know, you're going to have many more of you're the teacher for me. She's like, no. She said to me, 
she said to me, you're the teacher. And it, it happened in grade one for her. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, you know, I asked her, how are you doing in school? What are you up to? What's next? And it was, it was a great, it was great to hear from a kid that I taught so long ago that I made a positive impact. And, you know, I don't particularly like remember, I don't, like I told you, she was just this little, this little kid, grade one, you know, you're like six years old, um, tootling around the room, doing whatever. And she said to me, like, she's like, do you remember me? I'm like, yeah, I remember you. And I told her a story. I said, one story stands out with you. And she's like, what, what was it? And I said, one, one, I got an email from your dad on a Friday or something saying that you came home and you didn't have your indoor shoes and that your dad was worried that you lost your indoor shoes because they're very expensive shoes. So I said, I responded to your dad and I said, don't worry, we'll find them. And then I said, Monday, the Monday morning came and I said, you and I were in the hallway for like a good 10 minutes looking for those shoes. And she's laughing. She goes, why do you remember that? And I'm like, because it was just one of those moments of like, certain things happen along the way with certain kids and they just, it gets stuck in your mind. And for me and you, it was the expensive shoes. And I thought it was funny that your parents bought you a six-year-old, like $80 shoes. Like if you can imagine $80 for like this much the mini, shoe. The, the mini Nikes. They were actually Pumas. Pumas, I remember yeah. that too. They were white Pumas. And she's, this is the thing about this kid. She always had a sense of humor. She's dying laughing. Like she's literally falling over laughing, which makes me feel good because she's feeling good. So it's like, it's fun, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I tell her the story and I'm like, we found your shoes. And I was like, I wasn't going to teach that day until we found your shoes. That's just the mindset I was in when your dad was like, livid, where are my kids' shoes? So, um, it ended there and, and she's like, okay, well, I'll see you around. You're going to be around, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here all year. So I'll see you tootling in the hallways. And it was um, it was just a great way to end my time that day. And I told you before that I think the universe was setting me up for it. Because mm -hmm. when I was in the building yesterday, I hadn't been in the building in a while just because of my schedule. But I was running into kids that I had taught at the elementary school down the street that I worked at. And over a span of years. So in literally every five minutes, every 10 minutes, a kid walks by that I taught or a kid walks by that I recognize from the school where I taught, right? It's Mr. C, it's Mr. C. Um, and those were the days of the 3D printer and like the Ozabots and all that stuff. So the kids remember that about me. They're like, you're the guy that had the printer. Um, and then we engage in conversation and some of these kids do not look the same Mm. as they did in, in grade, you know, four, five, six, seven, and eight. They don't look like that anymore. They look completely different and they act different. Um, so anyway, there's my feel good story. It, it was nice. Um, I didn't need it because I've gotten over wanting that. I didn't, I don't look for it. I don't need it. I don't want it, but to have it come out like that is awesome. Uh, it just, it does show that you never know, you never know what you're doing and how it's gonna make a difference for somebody, a positive difference, or it could be a phrase, it could be an experience. 
could be just a, a simple interaction or maybe a complex interaction and then it comes back and one of the things that's really cool is that when i talk to some of the teachers in this building one of the things that's come up is they, they've said they've said to me because this isn't a really big high school i think it's 900 kids um which isn't i mean we've got way bigger here in waterloo region and they say to me they're like we don't know what you did when you taught these kids in elementary school but whatever it is you did you you made an impact because kids talk about you when your name comes up people say i remember this and i remember that and to them it's cool like the high school teacher seeing how an elementary school teacher who's now kind of floating around the high school has some like kids see you and they talk about you and they say hi to you and they don't see that and i'm like of course you don't see that because how often is an elementary school teacher floating around the high school during the mm -hmm. day it doesn't happen i'm kind of a unicorn because my job has me in these spaces now and it's kind of cool that i'm working in the schools where i've worked in the feeder schools and who knew that that it would play like this it just it's it's turning out to be it's turning out to be kind of interesting for me and very causing me to reflect a lot about how i've been led to this space right now and even um a couple of the kids came up to me yesterday when this when they were coming into the calf kids that i taught who i see all the time and they're like hey what's going on how's it going and i'm like holy cow i remember you from this grade and i remember you from this grade some of them look completely the same just taller and then some of them look completely different and a mask on and i'm i'm like i'm sorry i don't remember your name then they tell me i'm like oh no that's you and then you know we have a good laugh or whatever so i thought i was blessed being an elementary school teacher now i feel even more blessed to be a re-engagement teacher who gets to run into kids and some kids don't didn't like me that's mm -hmm. the other thing too I'd like to just say a, a word about that. I'm running into kids that are trying to avoid me. <laughs> yep. And um, that's unfortunate because I, I, I never go to work thinking I want to upset a kid. Mm -hmm. but, and I, but I do know that some relationships just were not built as strongly as others. So it, that was funny yesterday too. Because when I was talking to two kids, third one walked by. I'm like, hey, what's going on? gave him the peace sign and he's just kind of like yeah yeah hey i see you and i was just like i i wanted him to know i wanted him to know i see you i'm saying hello what you do with that is what you do with that but i'm not ignoring you yeah it's interesting because i'm like oh that's so and so and i remember so and so did not was not interested in what i was putting down he wasn't picking up what i was putting down yep no matter what i was putting down so that happens too but more often than not, it's a kid who wants to say hello, and and it was a good, it was a positive experience, or at least positive enough for them to come say hello. So that's cool. So there's my story. Yeah, it's I, it's funny. The um, I would argue that the universe wants you to be able to take that in and accept it. I know you you kind of mentioned the you mentioned the 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 self-effacing statement, like cool glad we were good but you know you're going to have other teachers just that moment that sort of uh underwhelms your own 
gratitude in some ways, like to take that in. Cause it was, it seems like it's such a natural, a natural way for the universe to acknowledge the work you as an adult, as a parent, as a teacher, as a Catholic practitioner, like you're you just, it's, it's a way the universe once in a while kind of says you did the right things in these moments. Just stand in the light for a little bit, just for a little bit. You can be sort of like, Humble, you can be humble another time and try and hand it off the credit to somebody else, but just take it for a moment, right? I think it's important to to take that. And and I I'm I'm guessing you're probably not the first teacher that has tried to sort of uh dissuade someone from giving them a compliment for the hard work that they do. That's uh I think that's something that teachers will do. Um especially ones that aren't aren't sort of uh interesting their sort of practice for other people to give likes right so when you're it's almost i know for me every once in a while i'll say sometimes it's akin to almost like an embarrassment feeling because it almost like flips it flips the experience like someone noticed the effort and it's like oh but you almost want to kind of like bring it down a little bit like like somehow you didn't want you like for me like I, it what like it's it's the things I want to see are so I'm like well I'm I'm kind of like that all the time or like I didn't it's almost like it's a weird kind of mindset you almost want to defend and say well it wasn't something specifically I was doing for you this is just kind of something that I do for everybody but thank you for saying thank you and maybe I shouldn't have said that because I'm ruining your moment I'm thinking that I just connected personally with you like you get it gets confusing quickly so I think that the the best response is thank you and if you happen to remember a story because there's been times where some students have come up to me and I I don't remember them even after they say the story. And it's, it, it just, I don't, I, I, I don't, um, I want, and I want to, <laughs> and I want to laugh and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then I like, I'm like, I don't know who that is. Who was Dude, that kid? <laughs> I looked, so I looked up, so I have this every year when I'm a classroom teacher and I make my class list, I always save it. I've got a, I've got a saved area on my computer where I keep all that stuff. It's my teacher files. Mm -hmm. And when I went back to that class with that girl, I was looking at the names and like some kids, uh, some kids I read the name and I'm like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I read the name and I was like, who was that? Like yeah. no recollection at all. I think the memories choose you. I think that's how I, I think we want to try and recall, but it's like the memories choose to resurface they sort of it's almost like the the moments and the connections choose to resurface because i have had kids that have recounted things and i'm like obviously i was there <laughs> they're like they're recounting things like I, I had a student one time that talked about um they weren't really into um hospitality and cooking so it was way back in the day like a decade ago they weren't really into it but it was a game changer what i used to do is i used to take the students so we had um Aramark, Aramac, Aramark. I don't know what the, it's basically, it's a big cafeteria company here right. in my region. So I would, it. yeah, it's big conglomerate. Um, and because I was teaching out of a converted home economics classroom, I could give them the skills, but I couldn't give them the feel of being in a real kitchen. Like we could kind of pretend up to a point. We had our jackets, we had our aprons, we had our stations. I give them the frameworks and the brigade system. But there is something transformational about standing in what would be a commercial kitchen, like being able to go into a restaurant kitchen, right? Um, I remember how mind blown when I was still at Baton Rouge back in the day, and my dad just worked down the street for the Bank of Nova Scotia on King Street. And he used to love coming in for lunch because he would walk up the street 
uh, he'd come in. It's like, hey, how's it going? And like some of the staff knew him and like I'd bring him into the kitchen. He'd get to go back in the kitchen, get the kitchen. So it's almost like you're in a space that's like there's secrets. There's secrets here. There's a space that people don't get to see. So the students, I wanted to give them a little taste of that because I, I think there was something that I just understood about, you know, the more real you can make the learning um, and not in a artificial way. It actually, like it's not virtual reality. You actually get to go stand in what would be a commercial commercial kitchen. I used to take them down to the cafeteria kitchen because they had the big stoves and the hood vents and the walk-in freezer and the walk-in cooler. And they had all the equipment that you would find in a commercial kitchen. And some of the kids were like, yeah, whatever. But some of the other kids are like, I get to go behind the counter. Like I could stand behind the counter and see the deep fryer. I'm like, yeah, you can You look, there's the cash register. You can see how the food has to make it down to the steam tables. We talked about safety and sanitation. Like I was able to do a whole like field trip just by going downstairs to the cafeteria kitchen. And I had a great relationship with, um, with the lead there. And she's like, yeah, for sure. Come on in. Um, she would let, you know, a couple kids at a time come behind and see the things. Um, so it was, it was really cool. And this particular student who never, it didn't seem to me had sort of connected, came back and visited said, yeah, that was the moment you were in it. It was funny. Cause it actually wasn't about me. It was just the moment in class, but I remembered I didn't because I didn't remember doing the particular thing with this kid, but this kid so clearly said, yeah, and you made the joke about the convection oven. And then remember you put so-and-so in the, in the walk-in freezer and you talked about the safety because there's safety elements with walk-in freezers that you can actually remove the handle. So you can not, you wouldn't get trapped in it. So I told them about that because I was trying to give them some real life too, if they get a job in a kitchen, right? Like this, these are the things I'm giving them the, the map the map of the job. And they said, as soon as I got to go behind there, everything changed. It was just, there was something more to it. I was like, wow. And, and you, and they, so they weren't directly attributing it to anything. Like they weren't crediting me, but they were sort of saying it happened while you were there and you set it up. They were crediting just that moment in the field trip. So it's funny. And they gave me all the details. They talked about, yeah, so-and-so was standing with me. I'm like, I don't remember that moment. They're like, yeah. And then you said to that, I'm like, mm. I don't. So I really do feel like the memories pick us. The memories, the memories choose to remember us. And then we kind of recall through it. Um, and it's funny, I have a vague remembering just of doing that, but that's because I did it with all the sections. It was part of the on-ramp to the class. We'd go down to the CAF. We'd do a field trip, in-house field trip. So I like that. Just quick add-on to that. One of the students in that class, one of the students in that class, uh, I mentioned this in the on-ramp, the uh reached out to me recently on my writing blog. It just, it showed up and I had to stop for a second. I'm like the name, it's like bouncing. And then I get to the last sentence and I'm like, now I remember you now that there, that's the part that wants to remember me in the moment, right? That's the part that brings me into the memory. And it was when the student said, you know, um, I, I didn't do any work for you at all. And I never got the credit, but it was one of the spaces that I felt kind of comfortable. And it was just, it was a cool, it was a cool space to be in, even though I didn't do the work. Students said, and I still don't regret it. They're off and going into social work or anthropology, something. They're, they're, they've moved on with their life. This moment, this moment was formative, but it wasn't summative, right? <laughs> Which is, is, I think it's a funny thing when we look at these moments and you go back and you look at your, your list of kids and whether or not you sort of can say the moment in time was formative or summative, right? Um, I don't like it when when my colleagues make it summative. Mm. 
but I can see the I can see the discomfort that some colleagues have when it's not summative because they want to be the change in the kids' world. Yeah. And, it, and in another podcast we've talked about before, how you know to just be the best possible like signpost, the clearest, most brightly lit, the the most simple language on it. Here's where you're at. You can choose to go in this direction. If you do, you'll keep going up the street. You can make a change. You can go right. You can go left. You have choice. And I know that choice looks different depending on, let's say, what level you're working at in school. But I think fundamentally it comes back to being the best sign and recognizing that there's more, there should be way more moments of formative. And you know that and you get the, you get the true grace of those moments to behold when the students come back and include you in their memory, right? They flip the script and say, this is where you were. This is what you were doing as I was sort of experiencing this course or experiencing this moment. And they'll say, you know, were you a supporting role or were you like, you know, one of the leads? I like being the supporting role. I always think I appreciate it more when they say, yeah, I love it because you did this thing, but then I worked on this thing with this other kid and they sort of spend more time talking about the thing that they did with the other kid. That's where I feel like I was successful. If they anchor it too much to me, I'm like, yeah, I got to do better to make sure that it's about that kid working with another kid and not, you know, that's where I kind of like take some professional, professional, uh, reflective time from it. But yeah, the formative and summative moments. I want more formative moments when I think back on the students. That's what I want for sure. Anybody listening in this week? We have one person who's yeah. listening in. Are they they saying I, anything? They have not said anything. Say hello, wherever you're there. Say hello. We want to say hello. We do. <laughs> um I wanted to say something about I don't know how many times in a classroom I've said to a kid, I've said to a kid, I don't want to be the guy you remember as the one who limited you, mm -hmm. but your behavior is causing me to limit you. Mm -hmm. So I've literally, I'll never, there have been times I'm sitting, I'm working with a kid and I'm writing, I'm making notes or whatever. And I'm like, no, you, you're not going to do that. We're not, you're not doing that. Oh, the one person that was here is gone now. You scared them away. <laughs> I kind of had a feeling the minute you said that, they're like, yeah, I'm out. Well, I'm making notes. And I'm like, no, you're not going to do that. And they're like, but, but and I'm like, no, listen to me. You're going to grow up one day and you're going to blame me <laughs> for you not being able to do that, whatever that is. And I'm telling you up front that the reason why I'm limiting you is because of the choices you're currently making. So here you have an educator who I, I don't want to put limits on kids. I want them to be able to do whatever it is they think they should do or need to do. But that only, it's not a, it's like, it's not a one-way street. I can only, per, I will permit you to do these things if you demonstrate that you can handle it. You're not yeah. demonstrating that right now. So I'm taking something away or not allowing you to move in a particular direction because of what you're showing me right now. Even though I'm the one who walks around telling you I will never hold you back. I'm currently holding you back because of the choices you're making. It's very interesting. They look at me like I'm nuts and I'm like, I'm not nuts. I'm just, I'm telling you, yeah, I am holding you back and I'm doing it because you're not showing me that you can move forward in a safe way or an appropriate way or whatever. 
it is, right? Um, the other day when I was supply teaching, I was working with a student that I taught last year who I had to limit here and there. And uh, on this particular day, I let this student do whatever he needed to do. And the kids around me were staring at me like, what are you doing? Why are you giving this student such freedom? Uh -huh. And I responded with, look at his choices today. And they were dumbfounded. They're just staring at me. And I'm like, what kind of choices is he making right now in my presence? They're like, good ones. I'm like, so then why would I limit him? Uh -huh. Did you not listen to anything I said to you last year? And that's then other kids that were in my class last year pipe up and they're like, Mr. C said he'd never get in your way unless you showed him that you needed him in your way. And I'm like, this particular student is not doing anything to demonstrate to me that he can't be as free as he is right now. Mm -hmm. And the kids were jealous because normally this student has difficulties with their behavior. There were no difficulties that day. And knock, I knock on wood because you never know what you're going to get. But on this day, this student was okay with me being in the room. We have a relationship that we were able to lean on and carry us through the day. This student was not a negative factor for me at all. In fact, there were other students that stepped up and decided that they wanted to be the negative factor that day. And the Mr. C from the past had to come out and be like, I'm not a supply teacher. I'm Mr. Mm. C, you know me. I'm in full teacher mode now. Watch out. Well, so-and-so doesn't know. I'm not so-and-so. This is now my class. It's interesting. It's like it's like martial law. I came in and I literally took over and marked that space as mine. I said, your classroom teacher's not here today. And I, I said it very matter of fact. Your classroom teacher's not here today. You've decided that you're not going to follow the routines that this individual has set in place for you since September. For whatever reason, this class is mine now. Go back and sit down. I will come to you when I need to come to you now. Do not get up and do not do this and do not do that. I will approach you when it's when I need to. And then they're like, whoa. And I'm like, whoa, it's my room now. You hmm. got, made it. I, I, I said, I take my lead from you. You just led me to take over this class. I do not want to hear again, Miss So-and-so does it this way. It's my class now. And they're looking at me like, it's funny. Some of them are like, this guy's nuts. And some of them are like, nope, that's Mr. C. This is Mr. <laughs> C. This is Mr. C. He's, not, he's not a supply teacher today. You guys flipped him from, oh, here are the plans. And okay, it's time for word study. So show me what show me it was no more show me it was i'm gonna show you sit down be quiet and we're gonna reset and then we're gonna see how you do with the reset but i needed to put my foot down reset time you guys are and the one kid who they all thought would be the one that would flip me he didn't flip me he was like hey it's mr c i know how we work together he does his thing, I do my thing, and there's harmony in the middle, and I like harmony. This is what the kid, the kid's like, I like the harmony. Mm -hmm. So the kid's like, can I do this? Can I do that? Go nuts. I said to him, you done your work? Yeah. Okay. You want to see it? Nope. I don't need to see it. You told me you were done. Thank you. What are you supposed to do now? What would you do with Mr. C last year? Well, I would do pick this up. Okay, go. 
do it. You know exactly what to do. It's so important to have, like, that's like some of the power of routines, the power of experience, the power of uh, trust, the power of um, just kind of getting to know the kids, getting to know systems. There's a whole lot of experience that's cracking off in that moment, eh? Um, Dude. I find right right now I'm in a, go drop it, drop it, what? No, no, I, I'm hearing you. I, there's so much oh. that's going on in that moment. Yeah, and it's it. I mean, there's no there's no way to reduce it down to one thing. I hear <clears throat> I hear the layers. I hear the layers in it. And even as you're explaining it, my brain goes. My brain is doing all the yeah buts, like the the different divergences that can happen in those moments, right? Which becomes part of like how I've learned to be a teacher. So I'm listening to your example, and it's lighting me up because it's drawing me uh, into different examples. Part of what you're talking about from my particular context is when I have to go in and I do an on-call. So I'm coming into a classroom that I don't know. Um, now that I'm in my second year at this school, I'm more known. So I'll go into some random class for an on-call and I'm no longer a random, completely random teacher to every student in the classroom. And it's, there's an amazing power amazing power and calm that comes over me when I go into those spaces, actually the power of calm, I'll call it that. When one of the students in the class says, yo, Clough, how's it going? And they just offer that as you walk in and right away, it changes, a, it, it creates a, a big change in the mindset of the class because now I'm no longer random. Someone in the class dared to call out my name and has identified me and it just it kind of anchors you in the classroom all of a sudden in a way that if you are, you know, an on-call teacher that's brought into the school, it doesn't happen that often. So I appreciate that because it gives me a little bit of street cred. The second thing that happens, and it's it's one of those things that I'm really measuring, I'm really measuring kind of my tone, my presentation my clarity, because even though that cool moment happens when you go in to cover a class, there's still going to be the students that as soon as there's the teacher transition, right? Because typically you have two different teachers in one period. You have the teacher that covers the first half, the 37.5 minutes, and then the teacher that covers the second half. Um, it's almost regardless of who you are, but I'm imagining it happens more frequently when the second teacher comes in because you don't, you come in cold, you come in hot, it's a quicker transition. You might be flying in from, you know, taking care of your prep or whatever. So you're sort of, you're coming in hot. So those transitions can be really quick. And for some individuals right away, they're like, okay, I'm going to go up and I'm going to go to the bathroom, AKA go for a wander. Right? So I'm working on the, how do I deliver the no when a student comes up and asks me to go to the bathroom in a very neutral, non-judgmental, but still delivering the, this is an absolute decision. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I'll give a qualifier as in set your watch timer right now, come back to me in five minutes. I need some time to get set up. And I say nothing else. Sometimes the student just stands there. But I don't address them again. I'm trying to just be very, very clear, right? I'll go about my business, getting set up, reading the lesson, transitioning with the other teacher. And I have had students say, well, you're done. Can I go now? I'm like, no. There's still two minutes left. And they look at me like I'm out of my mind. Because what I will do as soon as I tell a kid five minutes, I have the timer right on the face of my iWatch, my Apple Watch. I'll set the five-minute timer. Because I also want to be the guy that when the five minutes is done, I will go up to the kid and I'm like, Jimmy, 
You can go to the bathroom now. Jimmy's back. Jimmy's back. And Jimmy will look at me like, who is this guy? I'm like, <laughs> dude, you, you, I told you five minutes. It's now five minutes. I want to be the guy that gives that clarity, especially if I don't have relationship. I feel like that's what you got to trade, right? That's super how you build clear. it. That's yeah. it. The trust, you'd be super clear. It's not five minutes. And the first time you say the five minutes, they look at you like, yeah, whatever, a-hole. You're not going to tell me in five minutes. And then I come up to their desk, and they're like, I wasn't doing anything, sir. I'm like, no, five minutes is up. I, I've got my stuff done. Go take care of your thing. They're like, this guy's whacked. I'm like, I get that every time. This guy's whack. Um, I can, can I share the quick dark side to that, that kind of lockdown yes. thinking? And I don't, I think I told you about the story way back in the day when Karen and I first met, one of our first dates. <laughs> we we went to like a Fortino's or something down. Is it down in like near Hamilton? There's the Ikea down there, down near Hamilton, somewhere okay. down that way. And right in that same plaza beside the Ikea, there was a Fortino's or a Longo's, one of those a little bit nicer kind of grocery places. Yes, yes. And they had a great cold counter there. Oh. So, and I went in and I'm like, can I get a hundred grams of the lentil salad? Oh, and I'll get like, Give me about about 225 of the tomato feta. So I got my containers and I went and sat down and Karen was getting her stuff. She sits down and she goes, can I have some of the lentil salad? <laughs> and I, I'm like, but I, I wanted 225 grams. I actually said that. I actually said that. And she told me afterwards, she's like, I thought that was it. That's it. But you, but I had driven. <laughs> She's like, but I, I was a ride home. But so I've been known to be like that kind of like absolute. Um, but on the other side too, that if you want, I'm never, I've never been a great food sharer, <laughs> and I was also cracking off on my, I was being chefy, right? I was being chefy, um, not reading the room. Whole lot of mistakes there. But I guess I'm just pointing out I've been like this for a long time. Because the other side too, if somebody said you know, can you pick me up something? If I knew it was by weight, I'm like, do you want a hundred grams of it? Like I'll actually say this to somebody. They're like, I just want like a small. I'm like, they don't do smalls. They do it by weight. We'll just tell them to put it in a small. I'm like, okay, I'll just tell them to fill a small. And then I've had people say, there's so much in here. I'm like, dude, you didn't tell me the weight. I could tell them the weight and it'll be exactly how much you want. So flash forward to now as a 50 year old man, that was me as a 30 year old young man, 20 years ago. When I say to a student five minutes, I want, I'm working to make sure that the number or the instruction that I give is clear, that it is uh, deliverable, like clear, reasonable. I'm smart goaling myself, specific, measurable, right? Um, is it is it rational or reasonable? And is it time bound? Boom. And um, <laughs> I have no doubt, like at some point, I'm going to walk into one of these classes like, yo, that's the five minute guy. And I'll be okay with that. Because there's nothing wrong with being accused of being able to hold up an end of a bargain, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But that that's one of those whack memories. That's one of those whack memories that, you know, I meet up with one of these kids 20 years from now. They're like, yo, Clough, you're the guy that said five minutes and it actually was five minutes. I'm like, I'm still that guy 15 years later. Dude, I, I operate the same way as you. Yeah. Can I go to the bathroom after morning announcements? Can I go get a drink after I finish this lesson? And same thing, I remember, and then I go back, I'm like, you can go now. And they're like, what are mm -hmm. you talking about, right? For what, I'm like, you you asked, I said, I don't do the timer thing, but I'm like, no, I told <laughs> you after this, you can go. Go ahead. Uh -huh. You still had the indicator. You still had the thing that was I have the, the thing. Yeah, I have yeah. the, the hook, right? Like, yep. no, 
this is happening right now. You're not leaving. I've been guilty of maybe saying too much, but I do say, no, you, you'll go after this. And then I tell them, Hey, I'm done now. You can go. And they're like, good times, man. That's, but that's, you, you said, that's how we build the relationships when they see that we're not just farting around. And as a supply teacher, even though I'm familiar with many of these kids, it's still that those are the things that I hang my hat on. And those are the things they get, they understand, right? Like even when, um, I guess the flip side is the disappointment when they tell you they're going to do something, but then they don't do it. I say to them, Hey, come on. Like what happened here? Let's deep. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted such and such. So I permitted you and now it's turned into a disaster. So like, where did I go wrong? It's like, Oh, you didn't do anything wrong. I did. And I'm like, well, why'd that happen? Like, I don't understand. I thought we were building a relationship. Right. And then they're like, Whoa, <laughs> what are you talking mm-hmm. I thought yeah. we were building a relationship. And when you build a relationship, there's trust and there's honesty and respect. So you decided you wanted to go off the rails. Like what happened to like, you're turning this into something that's not, I'm like, no, this is exactly what it is. This is how people build relationship. So when I see you and you need something, you can lean on me and I can try to help you out. One class I had, there was a student who was crying. And I looked at another kid and I said, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, kinda. I said, okay. So I went over to the student and I said, hey, listen, you look like you're not doing so hot right now right? You're like, you're crying. So that's an indication to me that stereotypically something's not right. Mm -hmm. And she says, I don't, I don't want to do this work. I said, that's fine. I said, what would you rather do? And she's like, I, can I go for a quick walk? I'm like, yeah. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, go for your walk. So she goes, she comes back. She's not crying anymore. I said, how are you feeling? She goes better. I said, if you want to talk, I'll listen. But you need to know there's like 10 minutes left. The bell's going to ring. I need to go to another class. Like, so I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to, to assist. But there is a limit on my assistance because I need to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. I said, that's not a problem. What are you going to do for the next 10 minutes? Because I think I'll sit down and I'll try the work that you were talking about. I said, okay, let me know if you need anything. Then the next day. I was back in the building and she said, when she saw me in the hall, she's like, are you in my class today? I said, no, I'm not with your class today. She's like, oh, that's too bad. Cause I wanted to show you the work that I did. And I was mm. like, oh, <laughs> she's like, I worked on it. I finished it up. I'm like, that's two thumbs up. That's awesome. Keep up the good work. Say hi to me when you see me in the hall. She's like, okay, I'm gone. That for me, it's just, for me, the win is that I can be reasonable with a student. Right. Like I can be like, okay, you don't want to do the work. Like I can yell at you and force you to do the work, but we all know that's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. History there. I don't know it. I don't necessarily want to be part of any of that. I'm just, I'm here in the moment. What can I do to help you feel a little bit better in the moment? That's it. What more? Hmm. Like I've been the guy. It's funny because then I've been accused of other people, like other people, like, well, you shouldn't have let that person go. Like, well, leave it with me. Just leave it with me. Cause I'm, cause one of the other things, like, it's not like I have one layer of tactic. 
So the, the next layer to this, which has worked, said student or a student who, you know, has been accused of, you know, a wandering, right? They, they don't actually, they're not going to the club. They say, Clef, you know, they're not going to the bathroom. I said, I said, I don't know that yet. I don't know that yet. Um, so, you know, I did one of those kind of benefit of the doubt kind of moments. Mm-hmm. But once I've established that, I still don't want to be the guy that forces a kid to sit in discomfort and make them piss themselves. Like, I don't I, I don't want to be that guy. In the same way, like you, like this kid being sad. I don't want to be the person that assumes that that sadness is fake mm-hmm. to get something out of me. I want to be surprised by that because that means I was believing in humans. I was believing in the moment. I was there. So I try and trap my skepticism a little bit until I have absolute proof. Because I don't think uh, my my boss, I can remember um, back in the day, one of my restaurant guys, he was uh, uh, Spiro. One of the things that he had said to me, he goes, I've had people, I've had people that have come to me and say, I want a day off because, you know, they have to go to some family event. And in my mind, I'm, I, I, I don't ha- like, I've never heard them actually talk about their family, right? I know that there's some things going on in the city. I realize I don't have that clear of a relationship with the person, but I ultimately don't want to become the person that doesn't believe someone when they say they have a family event. Like, I don't want to nurture that skepticism. And I thought that's really powerful, especially in, you know, the world of pirates and <laughs> rogues, as we've talked about, right? And I've I've taken that with me that there's because it's not naivete. There is it is a it is a kindness. It's a it's a kindness. It's a calmness to hang on to the mindset and not become, we could say, jaded, but overly skeptical because it reads in the moment, and you could actually just be torching a relationship. So students that will ask to go for a walk, um, you know, if they don't come back, like they tend to be longer than they should be for the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Then when I'm in the room the next time, I hope what I hope to myself is that I can set the timer to tell them I'll get to five minutes. I still grab my five minutes. I might even say, give me five minutes and I'll set the timer just to prime them and trigger them. And then when they ask to go to the bathroom, I'll set the timer right in front of them. I say, you got five minutes. Many of them come back in five minutes. It's just another way to talk about our relationship, right? I don't have to call them out and say, I know you wander. Mm-hmm. But I can make them remember the deal that I held. And they'll feel like they can hold their deal too. And again, some of them don't. But again, that's my that's my next tactic. And it's my response to someone saying, Clough, you're a softie. I'm like, no, I got more. I got I, there's there's more. There's another layer to this, right? And it's it's never so simple. And it's gaming. It's gaming, right? I'm, but I'm changing the playing field. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to ch- t- tilt the board in favor of something successful. But it was funny. I love, I, I actually, me timing the kid, because the great thing about the watch is that right away, they know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because as I'm walking up to them the other time, I'm pointing to my watch and I'm saying, my timer just went off. My timer just went off. And they see the face light up five minutes. I set my timer. So go ahead, go to the bathroom. And they go. The second time around, they're looking at me and they just see my finger going to the watch right away. They're like, you setting the timer. I'm like, yeah, you got five minutes. Go. And I just walk away. I don't No more discussion or nothing. Five minutes, take your bathroom break. And if they're longer than that, if they're longer than that, um, 
we come back, I kind of just operate the exact same way. I do the timer. It's it's rare that you ever get three times as an on-call in a classroom. Like I, I would say in, in 16, 17 years of teaching, I don't know if in one semester I've actually been back three times. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a funny little metric. I would would love to hear if someone's ever been back. You know, what's the most times you've ever been back to do an on call in one class? I think my max is three in a whole semester. So, you had one job, tartar sauce. Oh, it's the pack, the DCP tartar sauce pack. <laughs> Epic. I knew that you'd just make your own and probably be better than the restaurants, but it sucks because you paid for it. Like, yeah, it isn't better than the price. Your own. You did yeah. not want to make your own. Not oh, only you know what was kind of nice? What? You, you should try sometime if you like it. A little, just a little bit spicy with the tartar sauce. Take some out of whatever the thing is. Do you ever have banana peppers in your house? No, we don't often have those. Ha jalapenos? Yes. Take some of the pickling juice that's in the jalapenos and just pour some of that liquid off into the tartar. My mouth's watering right now. My into the tartar sauce. Yeah. yeah, it gives it, you get all that dill and kind of pickly tartar sauce flavor. And then the background, you just get a little bit of the heat. It's very mm -hmm. good. It's very good. So that's what I did. We have we always have banana peppers. My kids love it. So I just poured some of that into the tartar sauce that I made. There's some up there right now. I could probably put on something. <laughs> My printer, it's 10, 13 in the morning, and my printer is like... Cleaning itself? Doing something to itself. Is it, a, is it an HP? It is an HP. My HP, I got the exact same thing. My HP will just all of a sudden go... Um, it's cleaning the heads. It'll just start talking. Unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. this was... Yeah, see a printer. Um, <laughs> season 5, episode... 22 episode. and i'll remember this one as having a listener that you scared off yeah awesome this will be formative when we get to season 22 <laughs> like they'll get come back on they're like we can't i visited you back in season five got the room cluffs noticed me and i was like whoa gotta leave <laughs> it's all good peace have man. a good one